This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Louise and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Our preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. And this is what makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. 
Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. And we're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks. My name's Paul. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Would you like to tell us just a little bit more about who you are, um, how long you've been sober, and yeah. Yes, I'm an older gentleman these days. I'm (laughs) um, uh, in in my early 70s, um, but have been sober for 37 years. Wonderful. um, And uh, came into Alcoholics Anonymous in October 1985. Wow. Um, So I've, uh, yeah, I'm... You know, a married man, I have um, four children and uh, five grandchildren and two (laughs) great-grandchildren. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I have a a really good family. I have um, five elder sisters and um, that may have been one of the reasons I did drink. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, in general terms, I had a very good um, upbringing and very good family life. So let's let's talk a little bit about then what what it was like for you. Um, so so the youngest of six, um, and and you know you say your childhood, you had a great childhood. What what was it like? I guess um, for you when you first and came across alcohol. Tell us about what when you first discovered alcohol and what what did it do for you? Yeah, I think. Um it was the thing that had been missing in my life. Okay. When I first when I first took alcohol, it made me feel all the things that I wanted to feel. The person that I hadn't, possibly the holes that were in there, they were fixed with okay. alcohol, and um, immediately took a, a liking to it. And and you talk about those holes being. Do you think that was because you know being some of the d- dynamics in the family? Yep. I. I don't really know. Mm. Possibly just didn't have the the skills to cope with mm-hmm. general. Just always felt a wee bit like a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hated doing this kind of thing, standing mm. in front of the class when I was little. Those mm. kind of things did not like that stuff. Mm. Always felt a bit um, insecure, a bit inferior and that kind of stuff. And like you say, alcohol Solved that problem. Immediately fixed it. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about then what your drinking was like when it started and how did it progress through teens, early, early adulthood? Yeah. First, first it was just normal. I was an apprentice and went to um, have a couple of drinks with the guys from work, that kind of stuff. Mm. And, um, but got probably drank a little bit too much. Mm. Um, Probably didn't cope with that very well. Probably, um, and then we couldn't wait to do it again, right? Because of the feeling that it gave me. Sure. Um, and I felt that um, <clears throat> that was the thing. Even though I didn't want to get drunk, I wanted the effect of the alcohol, sure. the euphoria of the way it made me feel. Sure. And um, but as time went on. Like, it, you know, I drank sort of more and more. I wasn't a daily drinker, but looked forward to the weekends, yeah. looked forward to that that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then as, as time went on, 
that escalated um, didn't still really become a problem, just started to let people down a little bit, mm-hmm. started to mm-hmm. have time off work, mm-hmm. um, just those kind of little things yep. that, um, that possibly most people do, but I didn't stop doing them. Ash and that I sure. Yeah. So, so I guess yeah, we 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 touch briefly then on some of the consequences, um, you know, around jobs. Um, and what about your relationship with your family or loved and loved ones? Yep, um, my family was. Um, I was quite a bit younger than my younger sisters, so they, I was sort of the one that was left when they'd all got married mm. and went away. So I was seven years younger than them. And younger than the youngest one, and I felt that, um, and and I lost my parents quite early. Mm. So I did live with my sister, um, my eldest sister, for a period of time, and and then pretty much from the age of sixteen, I was on my own. Okay, so, right. Yeah, so um, that was flatting, yeah. doing all the things that boys of that age do, sure. um, and and you know. Um, enjoying did, most of it, and did your and did your drinking, you know, cause um, strain on those relationships and other relationships? Yeah, it, they did. Um, you know, we we possibly were was the last to know, aren't we? That that the, the damage we do. Mm. It's probably mm. not till I got to Alcoholics Anonymous that I realised the amount of people that mm. I've affected. Um, but I believe I was a problem mm. right mm. through those young days. Not not nay. Just, just in a, a silly way, you know, always getting into trouble, mm-hmm. driving when I shouldn't mm. be driving, all those kind of things. Um, yep. At that age, uh, nothing mm. too serious. But and so then, as as life progressed, um, tell us about how your drinking. Um, tell us about your drinking. Did it change? Did it escalate? And yep. and and some of the things that are going to obviously you know lead us into what brought you into recovery. Yeah, definitely, it started to escalate quite quickly. I was married very young. Um, I, I had uh, my wife was sort of similar to me. She used to drink a little bit, mm-hmm. but she was seventeen when we got married. I was nineteen. Wow! And uh, from then on, I was you know always sort of trying to work to support. We had a a, a young um, baby on the way, mm-hmm. so supporting um, the family, doing mm-hmm. the best I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but always the drinking took priority and Mm. there was never enough money Mm. and there was always problems around that. There Mm. was always arguments around that and um, the more you argue, the more you drink. And uh, so that's what happened for me. And, um, yeah, uh, as it went on and on, she left. Um, I came home one day and she was gone Mm. and – that was sort of the start of my drinking. Get it? Not that it was her fault. She was probably a wise move on her part to go. Um, she. Uh, that was my my drinking. I felt some kind of freedom mm. when she wasn't there, and then it was mainly daily drinking. Right. And eventually, the work went, um, and uh, then I became just this guy who used to just go to the early openers and drink and do all that kind of stuff. Wow. Daily. So, so job's gone. Job gone. Family's yep. gone. At this stage possibly about uh, about 24, 25. So still quite young. Yes. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, so how long did um? And so I guess you know I'm also interested to know around was there any other consequences other than I mean there's enough consequences with job and and family. What about any problems with the law? Yes, quite a lot of problems with the law. Um, then I started to do different things, um, stealing, um, um, receiving those kind of things, mm. just so that I could support my drinking. Mm. Um, did a custodial sentence, and mm-hmm. um, that was possibly the first time I heard about Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, was, so okay. was there. So um, that that was, I would say, in about nineteen seventy eight. Wow! So I was twenty eight. Yeah, at that time, and um, yeah, the um, the chap that actually came um, to where I was. And was talking about Alcoholics Anonymous. I later came into Alcoholics Anonymous, and he became quite a good friend of mine. Wow. He passed on now, but sure. um, yeah. So yeah. that's how sometimes our message gets carried, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. Um, and and so okay, so you know we we've there's a lot of things that have happened. Tell us, you know, what ultimately was it? Is what we we describe, or some people describe as as the rock bottom, and what yep. brought you into the rooms of recovery? Right. So um, there was a time of when I actually um, I thought that AA seemed like a good idea when I heard these people talking, but I obviously didn't get it at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I left there. I went then I went sort of on a to a number of treatment centres because okay. everything when I'd end up in court. They'd send me to another right. treatment centre, so I went on a circle um, of treatment centres. I had six treatments in all for alcoholism, um, one custodial, one in the North Island, um, and just actually liked what I heard. I understood what they were talking about, I believe, but I still couldn't get sober. Mm. Still couldn't get sober, and I ended up... Um, the final years in my drinking, um, I was in Wellington and at that stage I was living on the streets and I was um, staying down at Thorndon, um, which was uh, a, a railway yard and I used to live in a carriage down there and I was mm. down there for about 18 months um, on and off and I'd been backwards and forwards to the um, Salvation Army Bridge Program mm. and I went there one time um, and it was cold and it was wet and it was raining, pouring with rain. And the captain there was a captain, I'll just call him Keith, his name, and, and um, he'd run across me before. And he said to me, and it was probably about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and he said to me, Paul, I think you should leave and go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was mm. very put out at the time because I really wanted a warm bed and something to eat. Mm. And mm. Um, I look back at it now and Keith probably saved my life, to be fair. And so you went, so that's what? Yes, and I went to a um, meeting in Arthur Street in Wellington, which was like the, possibly like the the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And they used to hold meetings there. Mm-hmm. And I went there and um, that was the turning point and the starting point of a sort of a new life. And it wasn't easy, but it was, um, it was, that was definitely the decision time. 
it was the the jumping off point. Absolutely. And, and so, tell us about what the people in the meeting were like. How yep. did, how did they treat you? Yeah, they treated me. They they cared. Um, and to be fair, in the early days, I used a number of them. Sure. Right. Um, for cigarettes, for all <laughs> the things that that I did, and I. Um, but they were kind. They kept saying, "Keep coming back." They didn't have any expectations of me. They, if I go out and drink again, they would always welcome me back. Mm. And mm. Um, it was really at that time it was my family. Right. It was the only people that I had left in my life. Yeah. Right. And so we talk about 30, 37 years of of sobriety. Yeah. What is it that you've done to maintain that sobriety? Yep. I think I event initially. I think that it was. It's a very gradual process, mm-hmm. and I can remember some of the older members saying to me, "Just got to, just don't drink today, Paul. Just don't drink mm-hmm. today." And I think what happens over time, and I can only speak for myself, but I think we get we we just don't drink for today, and then. We don't drink for a number of days, and then we do some stuff for Alcoholics mm. Anonymous. We might unlock the door, mm. or we might – they didn't trust me with the money. Well, I didn't trust <laughs> me with the money, <laughs> and, and so I didn't do that for a wee while. But I just do the things that are suggested that we do mm. and help other people mm. Mm. And, and try and just spend time with other people. Mm. We can spend – Hours and hours over coffee till mm. two o'clock in the morning, mm. just talking about recovery, talking about our past, talking about what brought us in here. Mm. You know those yeah. kind of things. So, so service, yes, sponsorship is is what I'm hearing. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. And and tell us about your experience with um, this we call the steps. So this yes. is a, this is a twelve step program. Yep. What's your experience been like with the steps? Yeah, I did get a sponsor. Yep. Um, I had I had well two sponsors in the early days. I had one for a period of time when I was really just getting off the booze, uh, and he was great. And then I had him for possibly two or three years, and then I got my primary sponsor, who was a guy who. I sort of picked the other. The other guy picked me. <laughs> I picked this guy because he had a, a, a sort of a, something that I saw in him that I liked. Yep. He had a yep. just the ability to make me feel good, yep. and um, sort of a bit like a father figure in a sense for sure, me. Sure, and um, so got him, and we went through the steps. So um, he took me through mm. the twelve step program. He mm. he actually. We'd meet regularly, and then I went to live with him um, because I was a builder, and um, I think it worked for both of us. I was a builder. <laughs> he, he did the steps for me, and I put some moderations to his house. So um, it, it worked very well, and um, we ended up to be extremely good friends. Mm. And, um, mm. you know, just the steps are what actually um, I still believe – Gave me sobriety. Sure, that they are the the be and be, be all, all and, and <laughs> end all of everything. Yeah, yeah, and um, you yep. know, and also helping others helping and passing others. it on yep. and doing what we need to do. Yeah, I think are the most important things that yep. I've done in recovery. Mm. I'm not sure about others, but 
I know that from what I see and what I hear mm. seems to be the answer to all my problems. And um, we talk about AA being a spiritual program, mm-hmm. uh, not a religious program. Mm-hmm. What what does that look like for you? Um, yeah, I actually see it as a um, yeah uh, doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can do the right thing and feel okay about myself and putting other people before myself, mm-hmm. um, my life seems to be a lot better. If I start to get into self mm-hmm. and grabbing for myself and wanting my stuff, then my life doesn't go so well. Mm. So what I do is I prefer the giving rather than the taking because mm-hmm. for me that seems to be the, the thing that makes me feel best. Mm. 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 Wonderful. Um, Paul, what would you recommend for someone who thinks they might have a drinking problem? What's something they could ask themselves to help them decide? Yeah. I think a good thing is to possibly, while we're drinking, I believe that we, the drinking doesn't seem to be much of, like, it is a problem, but we learn to cope with it. I believe that they should try and stop drinking for a period of time and see how that goes for them. Mm. Most people, like me, when they stop drinking, all these things mm. start to implode on them. Mm. Um, and if that is the case, then possibly they've got a problem with alcohol. Mm. Um, just try having two drinks and, and then stopping, mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, because I find that when I was drinking, once I started, I couldn't stop. Mm-mm. You know, until there was no money or mm-hmm. whatever, the supplies yep. run out. Yeah, mm. okay. So, Paul, tell us a little bit about what, what's your life like today? Yeah, I, I believe I have a good life. Um, I have a life that uh, possibly I would never have thought I would have had mm. when I was drinking. Mm. I have um, a family. Mm. I don't have any – I'm not I'm not a um, – Possibly the things that I thought that were important when I was a drinker mm. have got less important. Mm. And the things that I thought were so mundane when I was a drinker are the things that I get most enjoyment out of. Mm. And spending time with my family, grandchildren, great-grandchildren mm. these days, I absolutely find wonderful and I'm reliable. Mm. Mm. can do the things that I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm just all that little stuff and and I've had some nice jobs since I've been sober and all that kind of stuff and at the time they were they were good they mm-hmm. were good but you know there's real importance in just having a comfortable mm-hmm. life mm. that's yep. that's that that calm and serenity mm. yeah well Paul thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us thank you for having me. It's been wonderful to have you. So for our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats again on Wednesday at 12.30pm.
You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website and plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.